ever feel completely seized by angst when you put your dirty clothes in the washing machine or your dirty dishes in the dishwasher? I know I do. Just yesterday, actually, I was tying up the laces on my boots and I suddenly thought, oh my god, I'm tying these up just to untie them again soon and then tie them up again and then untie them again. Why do I do this? Why do I bother with laces at all? It's funny, my whole life I've had a soft spot for shoes that you can just slip in and out of without having to tie or untie the laces. When I think about it now, I think that was my way of limiting the amount of cyclical tasks in which I partake. And don't laugh, my cyclicality-induced angst is a real thing, and sometimes it's positively gripping. I first noticed it when I was 12 and lived at my parents' house. My main chore was filling and emptying the dishwasher. I'd load it with dirty dishes, only to empty it again two hours later. But by the time I was emptying it, there was already a pile of dirty dishes waiting to be loaded right back into it again, only to be emptied again two hours later. If this sounds like bad writing, it's because it is, and it's not much better in thought form either. Most days, I didn't even notice it, but on the days that I did, I would fall into this sort of existential trance, an odd sort of space for a 12-year-old to inhabit. A feeling where I'd get transfixed by how inane and meaningless and completely absurd my mindless continuation of this endless cycle of fill and empty and fill and repeat really was. The cyclicality of life starts to feel even more oppressive when you struggle with seasonal affective disorder, or SAD. Every winter feels like a new struggle, and it feels like you only get to be excited about the summer during the spring, and by the time it's summer, it's almost fall again. And after fall comes yet another winter whose trials are only alleviated by the distant promise of yet another spring after that. So it's not just the dishwasher. It's not even just the seasons. Aren't I doing the same thing with the laundry? With my shoelaces? With falling asleep every night, only to wake up again for another meaningless day? And when I say meaningless, I don't mean that I felt that my life had no purpose. No, I, I hadn't fallen that far yet. I only mean that really, when you spend half the day awake, and the other half sleeping, more or less, and you wake up only to fall asleep again, and you fall asleep only to wake up again, and you keep sleeping only to have the energy to wake up and have another day that inevitably ends with falling asleep. I mean, when that's your reality, and you really can't say it's not your reality, then what the heck is it all for? Where in this charade of a cycle is there space for a human being whose life is made up of dozens of other such cycles? <sighs> I think that's why, even though my house is a great dishwasher still, I stay far away from it, obstinately washing my dishes by hand three times a day. I can't really explain it, and pardon my Marxist terminology, but it feels less like I'm a cog in a machine. It feels like I am the machine, or something like that, and, and by choosing to displace the dishwasher from the cycle, and instead inserting myself physically into the cycle, I'm somehow taking it more into my control. Of course, this is an illusion, all sense of control in this life really is, but it's an illusion that I stubbornly cling to. Noam Chomsky wrote in his biography that, quote, if we choose, we can live in a world of comforting illusion. I both love and hate the idea of a comforting illusion. It's both a warm blanket to wrap around yourself against the chills of the absurd, and at once it's the shackles that hold us back from realizing our potential as autonomous agents. Only when we let go of our most comforting illusions can we see the world for what it really is. Like Truman Burbank, who reaches the edge of his universe. Thinking about filling and emptying the dishwasher feels like brushing against the confines of my universe. But unlike Truman, I don't climb out. I just think, oh god, that's unsettling, before tightly wrapping my illusion blanket around myself, popping in a Tide Pod, and starting the damn machine up again for another round. 
I'm curious how much of this comes down to advances in technology. Before the agrarian revolution, so up to about the 17th century AD, our life wasn't so cyclical. Sure, we still experienced the phenomenon of night turning into day and back into night, and we moved through the seasons, but we were too busy living nomadic hunter-gatherer lifestyles running after our next meal to really notice. The beginning of agriculture brought us closer to life cycles, as the farm life is a slave to the seasons, but these cycles were drawn out over entire seasons. And again, we were physically part of those cycles. We were getting our hands dirty, literally. Technology not only alienated us from participation in the cycles to which we are shackled, it actually compressed these cycles for the sake of efficiency. But this modern compression of time is an interesting thing. The more efficient we make every little task in our daily lives, like sending an email or shopping online or picking up your groceries, the more we're actually reducing our patience in other things. Since we're so used to the instant gratification of one-click shopping, rapid messaging, one-day delivery, and the like, anytime we're faced with a situation that requires us to wait at all, it feels unbearable, agonizing. The next time you're standing in line, look around. How many people are on their phones seeking to distract themselves or to squeeze something else into their time spent in line? And how many people can actually bear to stand still and just wait for something? It's an interesting phenomenon. The more we schedule down to the minute and expect everything to be instantaneous, the more dreadfully dreary it feels to stand still with ourselves for just a few minutes. I actually notice this in myself the most when I'm sitting in a lecture that I find boring. It's so goddamn difficult to sit back in my chair and just let myself be a little bored for an hour or two. Instead, I somehow always end up browsing through Facebook Marketplace or answering emails or working on side projects. I actually wrote this sentence during a Zoom class. This. These very words. My professor is currently talking. This is exactly what I'm talking about. God, I love breaking the fourth wall. All I'm trying to point out is that the increasingly rapid advances in technology that have ushered in so many amazing things into our lives, like, for example, my ability to continue my education during a global pandemic with virtually no interruption, or, more generally, these things that allow us to be more efficient with our time, well, these technologies also have the impact of actually compressing the passage of time, leaving us feeling less patient, more rushed, and possibly like we have even less time than we did before. And I'm not trying to sound like a Luddite. I'm all for using technology as a tool for lubricating our lives, so to speak. But if we don't talk about the insidious ways in which tech erodes our autonomy, patience, and attention span, we miss out on the chance of reaping its benefits without suffering its rewards. We were never meant to be bombarded with bids for our attention during every minute of our lives. But in today's attention economy, stillness and idleness is a skill and a talent. These moments of calm, of looking around and noticing the world around us, are what helps us take space from life's cyclicality. They're what allows us to slow down, to think, to be patient, to anchor ourselves in the present moment. Some people call this mindfulness, but regardless of how you call it, it's so important to make time for it. This is my challenge for you for the week. Next time you find yourself standing in line or bored on Zoom, I challenge you to resist the urge to pull out your phone or open up Marketplace and instead consciously choose to sit tight and take a hit of the present moment, y'all. It is a good one. Life is so beautiful. It's fucked up, but it's beautiful. 
this feels like a good note on which to end this episode. I'm not going to end with the usual spiel today. Just everybody remember, life is full of infinite cycles, but your own contact with each of the cycles is finite and fleeting. Like a dishwasher that only has so many loads in its future, we only have so many chances to tie up our shoelaces, to fall asleep and wake up, to look forward to another spring, to take a deep breath. Live immediately. Until we speak again, be gentle with yourselves, don't end your sentences with prepositions, and don't forget to enjoy your life.